Hi everyone, welcome back to Phantom Nekos. I'm Angel Ortega. This week, Yadi Audrey is taking a leave of absence due to personal obligations. Um, but for this week, we have a special guest, our friend Alma. Woo! Thanks for having me here. I'm really excited. <laughs> we're, we're happy to have you. Um, having Alma on was actually Yadi's idea. So for today, we are going to discuss the Junji Ito manga adaptation of Osuma Dazai's novel, No Longer Human. Trigger warning, I guess in advance, we will be talking about elements of essay. Drug abuse, too. Drug abuse as well. Death, addiction, overdose, drug use. So those are like heavy themes that we will be discussing because this novel essentially discusses the more darker sides of the human condition what so that's what that's what makes it good i'm gonna say off right right off the bat this is the best manga i've ever read and probably some of the best literature i've ever read in general it is so Mm -hmm. it's really captivating like it's horrifying but like it's horrifying in a way that you just can't look away you know yeah yeah um but before we get too into it, do you want to give them like a little synopsis of what it's about? Oh my god, you know, it's been so long since I've read that. Okay, l- well, let me just preface by saying this. Like, I'm an avid reader. I collect books. I love reading a part of my free time. And this this manga, it took me so long to actually finish it because it was, it was tough. It was a tough read, I'm not going to lie. It's a very um, tough read it's very very tough um but i'm one of those where i have a hard time remembering characters names so if i remember correctly the main guy's name is yozo yeah yozo oba there you go yozo oba and he's just going through it (laughs) yeah basically it's about we just follow the life of yozo his early life was surrounded by a lot of traumatic events and those traumatic events essentially would come back and haunt him and kind of shape him into the man he would become later on down the line Mm -hmm. and those traumatic events eventually made him more and more detached from his humanity despite how hard he worked to overcome those demons he just would succumb to his demons or his trauma would just get the the best of him and he became more and more detached hence the name no longer human right and and some of the same or some of the themes that we get um in the manga a lot of it has to do with like crime and punishment or fathers and sons like his relationship with his dad is Mm -hmm. super prevalent in the manga he's always referring back to his dad um and also like self in society you know he tries to mask his true identity um by acting like a clown and a goofball mm-hmm. and you know it just further alienates him from from society and we could see that throughout his childhood so it covers a lot of heavy topics for sure 
one theme I kind of want to dive into is how the uh, the abuse he experienced as a kid would affect his approach to intimacy and his and his relationships and his romantic relationships later on down the line because that that is so hard that is such a it's a recurring like theme in the in the book how many partners does he have oh my god he's got like more i want to say more than five like yeah like five like heavily invested like relationships that he's in right and then he's got a couple like side chicks i don't know he has a lot though he has a lot Mm -hmm. yeah that's not but one thing i really liked is whenever he had his moments of spiraling because for a lot of these women that he would um become acquainted with they would end up facing a very tragic end and whenever he had these moments where he would spiral, I really like how Junji Ito visualized their spirits, for lack of a better word, coming back to haunt him and mm-hmm. essentially punish him for how he treated them in the real life. And, you know, not to say that, like, the abuse that he endured as a kid absolves him of the abuse he perpetuated to his partners because it doesn't. You know, you know, an abuser is still an abuser, but, or rather, how Junji Ito draws it, and how like the cycle of abuse is the cycle of abuse is like very recurrent in in the human condition. So let's yeah let's well you, let's talk about Yozo real quick. Yeah. Because, so spoiler alert. If you haven't read it, don't listen to this. I don't know um we're we're talking about the whole fucking novel Um, uh, i get yeah like if you haven't read it and you really want to maybe don't listen to this because read it and then come back to this episode there you go um (laughs) so yozo so one of the biggest things that happened to yozo as a kid was being sexually assaulted um and he got sexually assaulted twice from what i remember once from a man and once from a woman once for a man, once for a woman. And um I I felt really bad reading that. I was devastated. And it it you know, that's something not a lot of people talk about or write about, um, is sexual assault against men or young boys. Um mm-hmm. that's usually not something people talk about. But I felt really bad reading it and it made my skin crawl. I was shaking. It was not good. Um but then throughout the entire book, I had a really, I tried to empathize with Yozo. I tried to be like, I understand why he's acting the way he is because of his trauma. But at the same time, he kept doing the same mistakes over and over again and acting out. It was kind of hard for me to like, like him, you know, I don't know. I just, it was rough. And that's the one, I mean, that's the good thing about this manga is that it does show all the aspects of human nature and mm-hmm. how we end up becoming the villains from our own backstory or things that happen to us yeah definitely he's truly a tragic character of uh, a fallen angel i guess i think that's the name of the character archetype and it kind of reminds me of the first godfather movie with fuck what the fuck was 
Al Pacino's <laughs> character. <laughs> um, but how he was like this like honest man. He had a he had his wife and he was gonna start a family. He didn't want anything to do with the organized crime aspect of his family. And then once his father's murdered, there becomes this power shift among his siblings to be like, well, who's going to be the next leader? And eventually he takes on that role. He's kind of like pushed into that role. And eventually, as much as he doesn't want to, he takes it. Like it crescendos to the climax of the movie where at the baptism of his firstborn child, the heads of rival families and even allied families are all being murdered under his order. And that's when we see him become the villain. And I feel like there's a parallel between him and Yozo in No Longer Human. I guess we could say there's like three main chapters to the manga. Yeah. Um, And so the first one is when we meet Yozo. Mm-hmm. And he is having this intense feeling of alienation and otherness. That's where it first starts happening. He's eating dinner with his family, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And he's like having this weird moment where he's like self, like he's disassociating right. while eating. And, you know, one of the things that happens to Yozo was that he unfortunately got sexually assaulted by a male servant and a female servant mm-hmm. um and yozo just ends up not reporting it because he thought it was useless that it was that nothing was gonna be made of it yeah um so that's i think that's like the first major portion of, definitely uh, of the first part um the second one is when i want to say yozo is about middle school high school age yeah around that age perhaps he ends up meeting this kid you know how to pronounce his name takechi takechi right he is excuse my language but one ugly motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) Um, buck teeth and everything Mm -hmm. um and yozo at this point already developed this persona of being a clown right he acts stupid on purpose he says the most out of pocket shit yeah out of pocket shit he's super head ass like all the time and people laugh and they like it and they think he's funny but taikichi if i'm sorry if i butcher that he sees past that shit he's like yo i see what you're doing (laughs) he yeah he read yozo to filth he saw right. through the bullshit. He saw through it and that freaked him out. You know, that freaked him out. And so, if I remember correctly, Yozo becomes friends with Taikichi and then they have this bonding moment where they're painting together. Mm-hmm. And I think that ignited Yozo's passion for the art, which is later um, brought up again in the in the book when he is older mm-hmm. um, because he ends up trying to become a manga artist. That's right. Um, if I remember correctly, but yeah. And then, you know, he's mean to Taikichi lies about, do you remember what he lied about? He lied about a pretty girl having a crush on Taikichi. He <gasps> let Taikichi on. And then when Taikichi confessed to that girl, she rejected him. And he was so distraught by that, that he 
on the live themselves. Oh, is that the sisters? Is that when we meet the sisters? I don't. I want to say yes. I want to say yes. It's one of the sisters. Ah! Okay. Okay. Oh. So, I think we talked about a little bit in the beginning of the podcast how Yozo has so many partners. Mm-hmm. He has a lot, and I think the first official partners we meet are the two sisters. Yeah. And he ends up fucking around with both of them. He's saying all kinds of stuff to one another. But yeah, I get he lied to Takeichi. Said that the younger sister liked him, even though that wasn't true. And he ends up mm-hmm. doing what he did. Um, and some crazy stuff happened to the sisters. And then eventually, one of the sisters has Yozo's baby. Mm-hmm. And Yozo's baby looks exactly like Taikichi. Oh, super trippy. But that's for uh, later on down the line. What's the third chapter? Um, I want to say the third chapter is when Yozo, he I'm trying to think. Wait. So before, okay, so Taikichi kills himself. <laughs> yeah. And Yozo ends up that's when he started getting to the habit of drinking and smoking like that's when his habit started because he realized that Takichi killed himself I think that's when we first yeah. noticed that but he ends up I think having a one night stand with a with a married woman mm-hmm. and he like attempts to what do like a double <gasps> he attempts to do a double suicide with this person and well, I think it was like through drowning. Yeah, right? they were gonna they go were gonna to the drown. ocean. Yeah. Um, she ends up dying. He doesn't. And so now that's it starts adding on, like his guilt. Yeah. Adding on. Um, I want to say the third one is he tries to have like a normal relationship with a single mom. Mm-hmm. And then he abandons her. He abandons a single mom for the lady at a bar yep and after the lady from the bar he ends up falling in love with a really young girl i think yoshiko i know who you're talking about but the the really like innocent girl right yes the really young and innocent girl Mm -hmm. so so he goes from single mom bar lady bar lady to the young single naive innocent girl and this one's supposed to be like the one yes yes i remember this this girl is supposed to be the one right she's beautiful she's young she could bear children she's she cares for him too and i think that's the one thing we didn't mention but all these women that yozo gets with they care about him Mm-hmm. they are like in love with him in some way or form they're infatuated by him they want him to be a better person and he doesn't yeah <laughs> but yeah so he falls in love with this young woman she wants him to stop drinking obviously and then but... that's around the time when he gets with the pharmacist who supplies him with the drugs and yep. that's when we get into the drug abuse there we go and it's just like these same tendencies of self-destructive mannerisms just manifesting in new ways throughout the book. 
yeah it's like every single female is like a different font or like it's a different it's the same outcome different events if that makes any sense like they all end up traumatized Mm -hmm. they all end up dying or something yeah. And it's all because of him. And he's the only one who makes it out alive. And that's when I would start shaking and I got infuriated with it. Because I was like, this isn't fair. He's a piece of shit. And he's out here living his life. Ruining these women's... <laughs> ruining these women. Yeah. Uh, it's rough. And I, I think the hard part about it, too, is that there's a lot of people out there like that. Yeah. Not to the extent of all these women killing themselves or dying because of somebody but you know they're traumatized they're paranoid do you remember that scene when we see that young naive girl and her eyes start that one panel yeah that's like my favorite panel in the whole book i think i'll make that the graphic for instagram smart because we we see this image we see different panels of eyes Mm-hmm. and it's the young girls right and it's supposed and to it's, express like paranoia yep and her eyes are just darting back and forth it looks insane and you could just tell she this poor fucking girl lost it yeah she, she was the one i felt it. the most bad for i felt so bad because she, so she had she had like they were ready for like life together you know mm-hmm Okay. Domestic tranquility, if you will. Right. The other sad part about this young girl was the scene. The scene pissed me off, but (laughs) there's a guy that comes into play and he. I don't, well, actually, at this point, I don't know. Actually, I think all of this is kind of distorted now that I think about it. Because is it. Like, right, like can we trust? Like, can we trust Yozo's point of view? Right, because I know what you're talking about. I, for those, for the uninitiated, I believe Alma is referring to the journalist or like that, like manga person that like tries to yeah. sign Yozo, but also ends up getting with his with this uh, innocent girl that we've been talking about. Yes, and. But see, that part messed me up a little bit because I'm like, she doesn't really seem the type to do so. Well, who knows? I don't know, you know, but yeah. I just had a hard time believing that she would do that <laughs> kind of thing. I think and it was so... all kind of in his head because when he like witnessed it, mm-hmm. the next like he ends up masturbating to it. Yes. And then like we see him waking up with a bottle. See, that's what I mean. So I'm like, do we do we believe him at this point? I don't yeah. know. Honestly, I don't know. Everything's distorted. This is in his perspective. He probably and... like manufactures these incidents of infidelity in his mind to justify his own actions. Yep, exactly. That's that's super fucked up. And then there's a part. It looked like Yoza was gonna sexually assault his his girl you mm-hmm. know what i mean and he starts saying all kinds of shit to her like oh you liked it when this guy did that to you and he just starts saying some crazy shit and basically victim blaming her yeah and making her feel bad and it made me sad because i think the last panel of that specific chapter you could just see her crying and she's like does it make you feel better to know that you made me cry or something i can't exactly remember what yeah. she said 
that sh that was gut wrenching. Yeah, it's tough. I felt super bad, super bad for her. One thing I liked about the novel, kind of more towards the end, was when Osama Dazai himself becomes a character, and he meets Yozo in like that mental hospital, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of crazy because I don't know if that's actually in the original novel. If Dazai actually wrote himself into the book, but the way Junji Ito, like, makes Dazai and Yozo have this conversation of, what do they talk about? Like, just like mor mortality in general, and like, and like how, how to how to like live, mm -hmm. like not only, in like having endured your own traumas, but perpetuating trauma onto others as well. And, like, they kind of have this discussion of, like, where do you go from there? Yeah. And it's probably one of the more, one of the most interesting, like, conversations I've seen in, like, any manga, really. And then the ending is the one thing I won't spoil about this book because it's not a good ending, but rather it gives closure. You remember the ending, yeah. right? Yeah, I I got mixed feelings about it. But, you know... It's not Juji, good for him. <laughs> it, you know, it isn't. No, it isn't. No, but, you know, Juji Ito it ended it the way he did. And, you know, it wrapped up. Like like you said, it gave us, the, it gave us closure. It gave the characters closure. Yeah. It's just, reading this... Compared to like any other manga I've read, and I've I feel like I've I feel like I can say I've read a good chunk of different types of manga, a lot of mainly shonen and seinen manga. But this, no longer human. Like it's it's a bit of an experience. Mm -hmm. A good one, that's debatable. But an experience. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I can't really say anything. I was upset the entire time reading it. I wasn't okay. I really wasn't. It took me, I want to say, about a month to get through this book. That's a long time for me. I'm an avid reader. Yeah. I could get through. I could get through a book like within a week, but it took me a month to finish this because I just, I couldn't do it. I had to consume it in smaller chunks. But it's great though. It's great. Yeah. You know, I know this. Like, I feel like I feel like you've read a good chunk of like Junji Ito's original work, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like there's there's this striking difference, like not just with Junji Ito but with horror in general, when supernatural horror is compared to like real life horror. Mm -hmm. And and I feel and like I feel like the real life horror. Like, the real sinister parts of just, like, humanity are far more scarier than, like, the scariest monsters the human mind can conceive. Yeah. And I think part of that is also because, like, a lot of these real-life horrors are very tangible. Yeah. And, and this, ma this makes me think about Ari Aster's Hereditary. You know, a movie about... Some of, the, like, the core elements of the movie are religious satanic cults 
demonic possession. However, the scariest scene in that movie is when the mother and the son are having an argument over their dead daughter slash sister. Yeah. Yeah, That's the scariest scene in the fucking movie. And it just shows that, like, you know, like, trauma is scarier than, like, any fucking, like, demon or monster an author can conceive. Yeah. Trauma can haunt you in many ways, as we can see with Yozo, right? Yeah. Throughout the entire manga, he's always referring back to all the trauma that he's gone through and has experienced, right? He talks about his dad. Yeah. He talks a lot about all the dead women, Mm -hmm. right? And... I mean, I remember there was even a scene in the book where he's consumed by... I think he was dying at this point, actually. He was like... I think he OD'd or something by accident, Mm -hmm. and he was kind of just floating in the air, and Yozo ends up coming to terms with what's probably happening to him. Yeah. And all of a sudden... All of his trauma just started pouring out of him. Yeah. Like purging it out or something. It's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think that's everything I have to say about No Longer Human. I mean, what can you say? <laughs> what more can you say about it? <laughs> oh my god. Um I honestly wouldn't recommend this to the faint of heart at all. But um if you're a fan of like horror in general, or have been want or have read some Junji Ito, I feel like any Junji Ito fan could get by this, mm-hmm. because like the artwork is something to be appreciated. Oh, the artwork is great. It, and if All you're of a fan, of, yeah, if you're into like Junji Ito, original work, his work on No Longer Human is second to none. Probably his magnum opus in terms of just, like, illustrations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's super funny. Oh, sorry, my bad. Go ahead. I was going to say it's super funny because I got some... So, I I work with high school students. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had them write personal essays and stuff just so I could get to know them a little better. And a lot of them ended up mentioning in their personal essays that they like horror manga, specifically Junji Ito, which I thought was super mm. sick. And I'm like, all right, because, you know, I got a whole collection of it. And <laughs> that's that's when I asked you, actually. I asked you if you had any manga that you'd be willing to let high school kids borrow and read because they were all interested in it. And I remember I was like, yeah, maybe I could let them borrow No Longer Human. Mm-hmm. And then halfway through it, I was like, no. Yeah, no. No. I'm not going to make these kids... No. <laughs> I'll let... Like, if I were in your position, <laughs> I would let them read Uzumaki, Gyo, and Tomi. Where? Okay, but would yeah. never let them touch No Longer Human. God, like, I know, right? It's just like, I don't know, like... <laughs> I'd let them touch an Ari Aster movie before <laughs> before <laughs> No Longer Human. Ari <laughs> Okay. I'm like, this is tough. This is fucking tough. That's true. No, you're totally right. And halfway into it, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that to my kids. And it's mainly because of the heavy themes. Yeah. That's true. So, but yeah. 
those were our thoughts on No Longer Human. Do you know what Yadi thinks about it? She hasn't read it. She hasn't read it? No, I did. Yadi, if you're listening, you need to read this book. <laughs> so we could talk about it. We could come together and talk about it. Yeah, Yadi, if you ever... I know it's a tough read. For anyone, really. So, like, no rush. <laughs> no rush to get to it anytime soon. And not just for Yadi, but for anyone, really. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're a close friend of mine, or even a close friend of Yadi, I'm willing to lend my copy. Because it's expensive. It was like 35 bucks. It's, uh... Yeah, if you're working, like, minimum wage, that's like two and a half hours of your time, I feel. Oh, fuck, yeah. I mean, when you say it like that... <laughs> yeah, so I'm like... So yeah, if you're a close friend of the of the show and you'd like to borrow my copy, reach out. I'd be more than happy to lend it. Um, with that said, it's not for the faint of heart. There are heavy themes in there, so be mindful of that when you go into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, just want to give another shout out to Alma for being our guest Woo! on this episode. <laughs> Okay, look, wait, I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah. This was hard. Talking? The fact that, yeah, no, 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 yeah, 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 no, it's hard. I hear you and Yadi all the time talking, and you guys make it sound so easy. Yeah. Kudos to, kudos to y'all, honestly, kudos. Thank I, you. I, I'm having, I, I had a hard time doing this. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Any other listeners, don't, don't let that discourage you from, from wanting to be a guest. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's just me, though. That's just me. If you're great at talking, do it. I don't know. You did great, though. You did great. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Also, another shout-out to Venus. Her album just dropped Woo! this past Tuesday on 2-22-22 at 2-22 a.m. Oh, I love it. Um, Yadi and I are on it. We have our, <laughs> we have a, We're sampled on there. So, what are you guys doing? What are you guys saying? You just have to listen. <laughs> oh, all right. I like that. <laughs> now, um, I have to listen to it now. But yeah, shout out Venus. We love you. Thank you for your continued support of the show and for giving us our theme song that we use week in and week out. Go listen to her album. A whole album, just experimental hip-hop beats to scare the hoes with. Bet. Venus Lux out now go listen and um as for next week um hoping yadi will be able to come back um until then thank you for listening and we'll see you all next time bye peace out